you to go with me to um, Psalm 52. I, there's a psalm that before I jump into the Word, I want to jump in the Word because um, it's like reading out of the newspaper. And all the psalms in this time, you just actually, if you just pick up and read almost anywhere in the Scripture, you're going to think, Lord, this is like right now because it is. But look in Psalm 52. I want to just pray this, declare, and then we're going to pray and then go to the book of Revelation. It says, why do the boast, why do you boast in evil, O mighty man? You see, there are many that are boasting in their wickedness and in their plans. The goodness of God endures continually. Just say that. Say, the goodness of God endures continually. Your tongue devises destruction. Now, he's speaking back at those who are mighty in their own mind, but they're devising evil. Your tongue devises destruction like a sharp razor working deceitfully. You love evil more than good. How many of you would say that is one of the traits today? There are those who love evil, calling good evil and evil good. And we see that about us. You love evil more than good, lying rather than speaking righteousness. You love all devouring words, you deceitful tongue. God, now look at then verse 5. God shall likewise destroy you forever. And he shall take you away and pluck you out of your dwelling place and uproot you from the land of the living. Now, I know when you read those kind of scriptures, you think, Lord, uh, that's a serious scripture. You remember what Bobby said last week? God told him, I'm not as easy to get along with as a lot of people claim I am. And uh, you read things like that, you will understand, you appreciate why that statement was made. Verse 6, the righteous, now watch this, the righteous also shall see and fear. What are they going to see? They're going to see God arise and scatter the enemy. They're going to see God in who He is and His judgments, as well as, you know, the, the goodness of God and the severity of God. The righteous shall see and fear. What are they going to fear? They're going to fear God. And they shall laugh at him, saying, Here is the man who did not make God his strength, but trusted in the abundance of his riches, and strengthened himself in his wickedness. But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. How many of you know the mercies of God last forever? And we're going to trust in his mercy. I will praise you forevermore. Because you have done it. Say, God, you've done it. Even before he does it, you can declare, God, you've done it. Because he's going to do it. He's going to be faithful to his people. And in the presence of your saints, and I will wait on your name. For it is good. Say, God's name is good. And I'm going to wait in your name. You know, those who put, the scripture says, those who know your name shall put their trust in you. And that's why we learned about all the names of God, that He's Jehovah Jireh, He's Jehovah Rapha, He's Jehovah Sidkenu. You know what all those names mean, don't you? Some of you do, some of you forgot. We'll remind you, but if you know His name, if you know who your God is, then you'll put your trust in Him in this hour. So Lord, we thank You 
that we get to know you. Lord, you said those who know you, they will put their trust in you. And so, Lord, we thank you that we can trust in a God who is our God in this hour. Lord, we love you, and we just ask you now to open our heart, open our mind, give us eyes to see, give us ears to hear. Lord, we are so mindful. We cannot understand unless you give us understanding. And uh, so, Lord, we humble ourselves. We confess. We don't know what we ought to know, so we're asking the knower to give us that wisdom from above. And, Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in this hour, that, that this is an hour unlike any other, and we get to be a part of it. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now I want you to go with me to um, the book of Revelation and uh, chapter 22. And the title of this, and it may be a part one and part two from next week, because we need to look at some of the things that are unfolding. You know, you may go in many churches in America today, and you would never ever hear what we heard in ju- just a few minutes ago. You wouldn't hear anything like that. But this is the time in which we live. And we don't want to be those that are just doing our own thing and, and uh, you know, following our own strategy, our own agenda. We want to follow heaven's agenda. And this is where we live. I mean, just say that. This is where we live. And we need, we need to know how to live and move and have our being. We're in the world, but we're not of it. We have a different outlook, a different strategy. But... The saints of the revelation. Now you, you're going to see what that means as we go through the scripture. I pray you see it, what it means, but um, it's a time we need to see. Now go with me, Re- Revelation chapter 12, and I'm just going to read the chapter. Let, let's just stand, if you would. We're going to stand to honor the word. You know they used to do that, and in America, I, I personally feel there's been a dishonoring of the word of God. We've honored the word of men above the word of God. And uh, we must honor his word. So let me just read and, and uh, you pay attention, follow through, and look in verse 1. And he showed me a pure river of water, of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And the middle of its street, and on either side of the river, was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. The nations are going to be healed that are hurting in this hour. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him. And they shall see His face, and His name shall be on their foreheads. And there shall be no night there. They need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. This is the scripture that... You know, we remember we're training for reigning in this hour. Say, I'm training for reigning. And this is a picture of the future of what will be. You always have to keep the end of the story in mind, right? Even in the midst of the story, you've got to remember there's an end of the story. So I'm glad they opened up that chapter with those words. Now verse 6. Then he said to me, these words are faithful and true, and the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. Behold, I'm coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. 
Now I, John, saw and heard these things, and when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. I mean, if you know, that's a no-no. In fact, that's what happens. Then he said to me, see that you do not do that. Don't do that. For I am your fellow servant, and of your brethren the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book, worship God. Say, worship God. And he said to me, do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. Behold, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do His commandments, that they may have, or they may enter through the gates, or they may have the right to the tree of life, and may enter through the gates into the city. But outside are dogs and sorcerers, and sexually immoral, and murderers, and idolaters, and whoever loves and practices a lie. You know there are going to be those who love the truth, they're going to be those who love the lies. Do you know that? You're going to line up in one of the camps. You'll love one or the other. And the Word says those who have a love for the truth will be saved. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I'm the root and the offspring of David, the bride and the morning star. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. Let him who hears say, come. Let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him drink of the water of life freely. And so he's testifying in verse 18. Don't add or don't take away from the words of this book. If you do, I'm going to take your name out of the book of life. And that's the warning. Verse 20. He who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And all of God's people said, Amen. So you could be seated. Now this is where we're going this morning. But there are three things I want to right off the bat draw to your attention. And I don't know if there'll be a lot of preaching or teaching. It doesn't matter to me. Just so I get the word out of here and get it out here and you get it in here and get it in here. It's kind of a, you know, it's full circle. Because we want to be a people that are hearers of the word. And you know, not just hearers, but doers. Hearers and doers. And uh, three times John speaks in this chapter about the coming of the Lord and the response that we're to have. And the first one is in verse 7. And there's a challenge to obey in spite of the difficulties that we face every day. And we're going to see that more and more. And then in verse 12, there's a reward. He's coming to reward everyone. Say everyone. You know, everyone is going to be rewarded one way or the other. We're all going to stand before God and we're going to give an account. I mean, if you know, the world doesn't want to hear that. But we have to proclaim that. You're going to give an account before a holy God one day. And that's just part of the message. And then in verse 20, there's a reminder that He's coming and the grace is going to be with us. And so the proper response is, even so come, Lord Jesus. Just say that out loud. Just say, even so come. Even so come, Lord Jesus. Now you and I are living at a time where most people thought 
was for another place, another time, another people, we would never see these days. Guess what? We're in these days. You could pinch yourself and think you're going to wake up. You're not going to wake up. I hope we do wake up. I take that back. I hope the church awakens. But we're in the times, and it's by design. That's why the whole book is about he that overcomes. He's looking for overcomers. And if I have anything to do with it, you're going to be an overcomer. You're not going to shrink back. You're not going to fall away. You're going to stand. I'm going to stand on the Word of God. If you're standing on the Word, you're standing on solid ground. You know, everything else is shaking. So we have to choose where we stand in this hour. Now, the revelation, let's just review some things. First of all, it is about the coming of the Lord, but it's also about the saints that are going to be on the earth during the coming of the Lord. And we'll talk about that. Hopefully, it'll make more sense. But there are days preceding the coming of the Lord. And by looking at the last chapter of Revelation, it's like looking at a final summary, say final summary, of all that has taken place and of what is going on. Now, Revelation is not a scary book. Say it's not a scary book. Somebody told me recently, they spoke to someone and they said, I never read. That person told them, I never read out of the book of Revelation. Well, you should read out of the book of Revelation. You're blessed if you read this prophecy. You want to be blessed, you should read, especially in this day. And uh, we want to talk about it. Where are we? If you're not talking about what God is doing, what are you talking about today? The book of Revelation is not about, you know, it's not a horror book. It's not the twilight zone. When you read some of this, it almost, you can hear that tune in the back of your mind. Do, 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 do. You know, you can almost hear But it's not about the twilight zone. It's about a person. The revelation, the unfolding, the revealing of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you have to understand His coming in two ways. Number one, there is that instantaneous breaking through the clouds in the twinkling of an eye. We're going to see Him. There is that. But there's also a progression of events that are unfolding on the earth that are a part of His coming. Did you hear me? That's why they say, even so come. That means, Lord, even so these things are unfolding. And many of them are uncomfortable. Even so come, Lord Jesus. Did you hear me? That's the context of that. You might be tempted to say, Lord, get me out of here before all of this happens. And that is... A temptation. But anyway, I think God's getting saints of the revelation ready to be overcomers. And there's going to be a testimony that what God did in us, He's going to do through us. And it's going to be a glorious work. And I believe that. Now, some of the things, and obviously we can't go through the whole book next week. If I'm still here, you know, you never know. You Life is short. You don't know. But I believe by faith, the Lord wills, I'll be here. I'm going to get into some of these things. You know, they think they're creating a new world order. It's actually an old world order. They're seeking to revive. God dealt with it the first time. 
He's going to deal with it the second time. They just think it's happening now. And anyway, and here we are confronted and it's a wonderful time. Say it's a wonderful life. You know that movie? You should probably remember. It's a wonderful life. If you're in Christ, it's a wonderful life. We always triumph in Christ Jesus. We're not going to fear. We're going to fear God. We're going to fear God more. I've heard that prophesied. They're going to fear God in the church in America. And I've wondered, well, when's that going to happen, God? I'm telling you, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Now, let's just think about some of the events. For example, there's the seals in Revelation chapter 6. And it's almost like leading, reading the late next late breaking news. First of all, there's the conqueror, the white horse. In this hour, nations are being conquered without firing a shot. Nations all over the earth are in the midst of turmoil. There's the fiery red horse. That red horse has been given authority to do what? Take peace from the earth so that men should kill one another. So there's going to be great conflict. We've already been in war for quite some time. How do you know that? There's been a war on truth. As you reminded us, you tell the truth today, you will be targeted. In, in the midst of tyranny, truth is its greatest e- enemy. Well, so be it. We will be the enemies of tyranny. Because He's called us to freedom. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Has nothing to do with what men legislate. It's what God has determined. And what he's decreed over and in us and through us. Anyway, there's the war on the family. We've been fighting that, what, for 50 years? The war on morality, justice, biological warfare. We're in the midst of it. Psychological. I'm telling you, there's a psych op being performed right now on the nation. Get us to conform and destroy us. Anyway, that's an exciting horse. It's going to be riding. Then there's the black horse. Scarcity on the earth. You know, in America we think that'll never happen. I'm telling you, it's happening all over the earth. I know it firsthand. This is not secondhand knowledge. A lot of what we share, we have to trust that people are hearing and we got to be discerning. And my weekly preaching, this crusade to Uganda... And I've shared that with you every week. They wanted me. And so I get to preach. People are getting saved. It's being broadcast over the nation. There are people dying every week from starvation. They're under lockdown. Their businesses have been closed. And they're starving to death. It is nothing less than mass genocide. And it's happening in many nations all over the earth. There's genocide going on in America. People have not awakened to it, but they will. But you know, I want to, when I'm preaching, they're so hungry and they're hearing the gospel as never before. And I want to go over there and, you know, I want to, I want to, God, I want to go kick some butt and break, break some things and get the people free. I want to get food in their closet. You know what I mean? And I've got to trust God. And my role right now is just to preach. The gospel. It is the good news. When you're hungry, the good news is really good news. And this week they told me children are dying for starvation. And it's all in the name of this 
thing that's happening. And then there's the, the black horse, or that's the black horse. Then there's the pale horse, and it's widespread death. Now, I know that some people don't want to believe these things, but in the book of Revelation, we see a time when one quarter of the entire earth will die. Another time, it's a third of the earth. I already told you. I know some pastors don't want to go there. So be it. They will have to give an account. They will stand before God. I have to say what he shows me, but Shirley and I went. I told you about this monument in Georgia, remember? And I never wanted to go there because I figured, I knew it was real, but it was some new age monument. I figured demons were hiding behind every bush. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. You don't want to go unless God sends you to these kind of places. You know what I mean? So he sent us. And we pled the blood of Jesus. And I read. Now, you could say it just somebody put it up as a joke. To me, it's a horrible joke. But somebody put it up. And it says the goal, their goal, is to reduce the population of the earth to 500 million people. Somebody had that goal. Somebody envisions that. Somebody wrote it out. And somebody is working to see that that vision come to pass. I told you they have a, a, a time capsule there on that property. And we went over to check out the time capsule, and I noticed there was no date to open it. And I felt like, I told Shirley, I said, you know why they didn't put a date? Because God's in charge of the timing, and there's a restraint against evil. And they're not going to open it up until they've done what they said they're going to do, if they get to do what they do. But according to the Bible, and you know there have been many times through biblical history, they said, let's kill all the firstborn. You know, there have been attempts of mass genocide all through history. Look at... Israel. There are many examples. And then there's the sixth seal, that's cosmic. No, no, back up. The fifth seal, the rise of martyrdom. There's a conference next weekend in Cincinnati, Ohio, and it's a conference on the martyrs. It's called the Martyrs Conference. I've already determined I'm not going. I just, I'm not going. I go to these things. This one I'm not going to. Because I'm probably one of them. I don't know. I could be. You could be too. Jesus said, you're my witnesses. And the word witness, you know what the word witness is in the original Greek? Martyr. Whether you live or die. Dying to yourself is dying. You're dying so that he might live. But I ain't going to Cincinnati. Somebody can go in my place. And then there's cosmic disturbances. Then there's the seventh seal that leads the way to the seven trumpets. Now, okay, so let's stay on the subject. Revelation is a book about great deliverance and great judgment, right? We must have an understanding. Last time I read out of the book of Hosea, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, understanding. Jeremiah 8, 7, even the stork... See, I knew that's how babies came because it says it in the Bible. Even the stork in the heavens knows her appointed times. And the turtle dove and the swift and the swallow observe the time of their coming. But my people do not know the judgment of the Lord. We should know about the judgments. One of the, I'm telling you, I'm convinced one of the strategies 
of the devil has been to keep the church in America ignorant of the judgments of God. They're not going to know how to respond if they begin to unfold. And we're still here. They won't know what to do. That'll be a part of the great falling away and the great disillusionment. You're not say, I'm not going to be disillusioned. It ain't going to happen. You come to this church, we're going to tell you the truth. And we're going to tell the truth, period. They may come haul us out. If they haul me out, Jay, you get up here. If they haul me out, Gary, you get up here. They haul Gary, Shirley, no, no, you hold on. You get up here. No, you get up here. We get up. We speak the truth. That's who we are. The church is the pillar of the truth. You don't surrender because it's uncomfortable. Or you're afraid. Do you know cowards will have their part in the lake that burns with fire? In fact, that's all part of the scripture. Okay, what's the difference, real quick, in the judgments and the wrath? Or maybe right now we'll just focus on the wrath, real quick. Number one, we've not been appointed to wrath. Say that. You've got to keep that in mind as the wrath of God is revealed. I have not been appointed to wrath, but to obtain what? Salvation. You should know that scripture. I have not been appointed to wrath, but to obtain salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9. Then there is the wrath to come. Romans 2, verse 5. There is a wrath that is coming. Say, it's coming. And then Romans 1.18, there is a wrath that is being carried out right now as we speak. How do you know that? Romans 1.18, for the wrath of God is revealed. Say, is revealed. Is revealed. That's why you can't read that scripture. I'm going to read it anyway. Here's Romans chapter 1. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Which means... I don't want to hear the truth. Well, you're going to hear it anyway. Because God's so... Listen, it's only truth that will set a nation free. It's only truth that brings salvation. And then wrath is the anger of God. I used to... They used to tell me God never gets angry. Then I would read about it in the Bible. I would read about the anger of God. It says He's angry with the wicked every day. And I thought, well, maybe... Maybe we should erase that because those people said God doesn't get angry. No, God gets angry. It's in the Bible. In fact, the wrath of God is His anger. It's the due penalty on sin. But the key is the wrath of God is satisfied at the cross. That's where the wrath of God was targeted. And when you run to the cross, what happens? You're rescued, you're delivered. Jesus took on the wrath of God. That is the message of the cross. And so there's freedom, there's liberty, there's forgiveness, there's salvation. Now, Revelation chapter 22, I'm going to point out about six or seven things. And then next week I'll try to get into that. Lord, you help me. I so appreciate how the Lord gives us what to say in this hour. I would be dumbfounded if I didn't know if God didn't give me what to say. You would be too. You be, listen, you need wisdom what to do in this hour. Ask of Him. Ask Him. What is He going to do? Hold back? 
No, he's going to release and tread. Now, Revelation chapter 22. Look there in verse 6. Then he said to me, these words are faithful and true. Say, God is faithful and God is true. Now, I see all these things unfolding around us. And you see them too. You, you can't help because they're happening every day. And first of all, I'm not pretending that none of this is happening. How many of you would just rather pretend none of this is happening? Would be re- I mean, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Shirley raised her hand. We could just say, God, I thank you by faith. By faith, none of this is happening. But it doesn't work. You know, you could deny it's happening. You could deny what Jay said. Oh, that's, you know, fear-mongering. You know, when they say conspiracy theory, I've learned that is an attempt to silence those that are speaking the truth so that you won't listen to them and so they will shut up. Because what I found... Now, this is just what I'm telling you over the years of my life. I found that what people said were conspiracy theories, they were the headlines many months or many years later down the road. Because you can read a lot in the Bible and you could say that's a conspiracy theory. Well, hang on. God's Word is true. Let God be true and every man a liar. So I'm not going to pretend it ain't happening. I'm not going to deny that evil, you know, as you see the approaching storm, what are you going to do? You take cover. But I'm a realist. I'm a realist. Say, I'm a realist. I believe God is real. And His Word is true. And I believe God is faithful. He's going to be faithful. His faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Great is His faithfulness. I believe that with all my heart. I see these other things happening, but they're all under the shadow of God is faithful. My God is faithful. And I know Him as that. And sometimes my faith seems small. You, you, anybody else in that same room, you know. Well, if it's only the size of a grain of mustard seed, you're going to be dangerous. Because if you speak to those mountains, you have the size of, you know, those mountains will be uprooted and thrown into the, the sea. And we already said there are going to be those in this hour, they're going to have a love for the truth whereby they will be saved or they're either going to, as in this verse says, they're going to love lies. Verse 15, but outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters. And whoever loves and practices a lie. Now just think about that. That's what, that's what the scripture said. Whoever loves a lie or whoever is practicing the lie. I tell you, God's a whole bunch more serious than what we give him credit for. So first of all, he's faithful and he's true. And then the second thing we see about Revelation 22 that I think we're going to, it's going to see around. There's going to be some spectacular events, some spectacular sights and sounds. You better get ready for them. There's going to be some things you, all you had to have done was read. But we didn't think we were supposed to read that. Let me just look over in Revelation chapter 6, verse 12. Look with me. I looked when he opened the sixth seal. This is just one of them. Behold, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black as sackcloth of hair. And the moon became like blood. 
and the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. Now you read that, and I understand. Now you know there's some symbolism, and you've got to understand, and I understand all of that. But I'm telling you whether this is symbolic or it really happens. This happens on our watch. It's going to be a little spectacular to behold. Whatever. Even if it's symbol, it's going to be something. But I'm telling you, there is a great wind shaking right now this nation. Shaking everything that can be shaken. Your faith. You claim you have faith. I declare to you, your faith is about to be shaken to the core. Whether it was some make-believe faith or faith in the real living God. He's not coming for those who were religious, make-believers. He's coming for those that were solid in their faith. He said, when I come back to the earth, will I even find faith? How many of you are determined he's going to find it? You're going to find faith in me. I'm going to have the real thing. Say, I've got the real thing. Well, you can read on. And then the sky receded as a scroll when it was rolled up. And every mountain and island was moved out of its place. And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man, what'd they do? They ran for cover. They hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of Him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of His wrath has come and who is able to stand. But you know, the greatest sight and the greatest sound, you've got to keep it in context, is Revelation chapter 1, verse 7. Behold, He is coming. And every eye will see Him, even those who pierced Him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of Him, even so come. Now, the next thing. The challenge in this hour is going to be to keep your focus on Jesus. Look in verse 8 and verse 9. We need to see this again. Now, I, John, saw and heard these things. We're going to see and hear some things we never believed we would see Never thought we would hear. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me. And he said to me, don't do that. Now, if an angel shows up in your bedroom and tells you, don't do that, I have some advice. Don't do that. But you need to test the angel because they're going to come as angels of light. So you got to make sure... I would question that angel. Do you know Jesus? Is he Lord? What about the blood of Jesus? You know, can you say Jesus is Lord? I don't know. Maybe you'll just know in your inner knowing which ones are the real and which ones are the false. But I know we have to test every spirit. So you're not going to get in trouble if you test an angel that shows up in your bed or by, you know, by your side. Put them to the test. They'll probably say that's a good thing you've just done. And then you'll, you'll get the word of the Lord. But anyway, don't do that. So they didn't do that. For I am your fellow servant and a prophet who keeps the words of the book. Worship God. Now we're worshipers. Say, I'm a worshiper. We're also warriors. You're going to have to take up the sword of the Spirit in this hour. Some people, you know, they think, the devil, if you leave him alone, then he'll leave you alone. 
How many of you found that not to be true? You resist. No, you draw near to God first. I'm glad we learned that in order. Draw near to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But we must stay focused. Look in verse 13 of that chapter. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And we focus on him. And then the next thing in verse 7, he's coming quickly. Behold, I'm coming quickly. Quickly. Quickly means a brief space of time. Uh, In the Greek word coming in the, the New Testament is the word parousia. It means the advent, the arrival. But it also means his presence. And, you know, there are five meanings of the coming of the Lord. You can see them in the scripture. There are probably many more. But first of all, there's the reference to the fullness of time or his first coming. Remember, it was prophesied in the Old Testament of the Messiah that would come. He came. His own received him not. But he came. Say he came. We came. We have the evidence of that. And then there's the reference to his second coming. This same Jesus, say this same Jesus, who you just saw, you know, will so come in like manner, and every eye will see him. And so there's the second coming. There's also the coming of the gospel. The the Greek word parousia is still, it's the coming of the gospel, the establishment of the kingdom, and then the executing of, of the judgments of God. Now the next thing in verse 10, so we're going to look quickly, and I'm hoping this will just lodge in your spirit we should this is like going to the gym on sunday morning we didn't come to be entertained we didn't come to get we came to give ourselves to him and he will give us all that we need we came to be equipped to do the works of the ministry because you're in ministry now say i'm in ministry now you're also in the army now the army of the lord an army that can't be defeated that will stand regardless. But also in verse 10, there's the urgency of the hour. He said to me, do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book. In other words, don't seal it, don't hide it, don't uh, put it away for another generation, another people, another time. Don't seal it. The words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. So there's an urgency of the hour. Have you noticed it's like we're living in warp speed right now? Things are happening at a pace we never dreamed. Weeks pass by like, you know, just whatever. It seemed like months. Where did July go? I'm telling you, it's August the 1st, I think. No, it is. It'll be be the end of August before we know it. We're going to stand right here. It's September the 1st. It's going to happen a lot quicker. Somebody told me, I don't know what somebody, you know, you don't, does somebody know what they're talking about? Some of the somebodies. But they told me, somebody told me, they said, you know, the first part of your life, you know, it goes slower and then it gets faster and faster. And then when you get midway into your life, whatever that point is, God knows the appointed time. But then, you know, it gets faster and faster and faster and speeds up. It's like, you know, the last couple of months of your life are going to go like that. So you better enjoy the roses. You better enjoy its warp speed. 
Now, all of that may be true, but the truth is there is a speeding up of time. And there's also a cutting short. I'm going to read that scripture in a moment. The scripture says if God doesn't cut this time short, no flesh would be saved. We're now living at a time I could see how that could happen. No flesh. The whole country of Uganda, if God doesn't intervene, there will be millions of deaths. That's just the one that I'm familiar with. There are nations all over the earth. There's been an assignment. You know what's new. The thief comes to steal. He can steal whatever. Votes. If he comes to steal, what does he do secondly? Kill. If he comes to kill, what does he do? Destroy. That's his mission. That's what he's been ordained to do. And he's not letting up. He knows he has only a short time. Look over Matthew 24. You got to see this. Everybody's still with me. Sam's still with you. Nobody's scared to death. No horror story. You're not hearing that. This is not the Twilight Zone. This is 2021 and we're here. Matthew 24, verse 15. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, I can't go into great detail on this. I'm just going to read. Is it okay sometimes just to read? It is. Sometimes men mess it up. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountain. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. Let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. In other words, you don't have time to even to change your clothes. Verse 19, but woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are of nursing babies in those days. And now this scripture. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. I heard Brother Sadu mention that scripture recently in Gettysburg. And for the first time it made sense to me. It's about believers, saints on the run. And pray that your flight, you're on the run. Pray that your flight be not in winter. Why else would Jesus say that? And by the way, these are the words of Jesus. It's a very serious scripture. On the run, in hiding. Verse 22, and that's why Jesus said what he said in verse 22. And unless those days were what? Shortened. No flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake. Those days will be shortened. Then if anyone says, look, here's Christ. He's coming. Or there, do not believe it. Don't believe it. That's not the message at this hour. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders. To deceive, if possible, who? Even the elect. Jesus is speaking to his people. See, I've told you. I think, Jay, you said something about that. I told you. I can show you other places. Jesus said, I've told you these things before they come to pass. So when they come to pass, you will not stumble. You will not become offended. You will not fall away. So what about those people that never hear the things Jesus said are coming to pass? I think God will hold those who were responsible to tell them the truth accountable. 
Do you know, if we actually believe God's word, you wouldn't find that many in ministry? Do you know why? The Bible says, let not many of you become teachers because with that calling, if you're a teacher, will come a greater, stricter judgment. If you enter, enter into ministry in this day without a true calling from God, God help you. That's all I can say. You won't make it. Ain't no way. Same thing. If you're not standing on the Word of God when the storms shake, the seas rock and rattle and roll, if you're not standing on some solid foundation, you're going to be caught up in the midst of the storm. You know, Jesus is serious. And then if anyone says to you, look, here's the Christ, and we read that. I've told you before, and therefore, if they say to you, he's in the desert, he's in the inner, don't believe it. There'll be people pointing, saying, Jesus has come or he's coming. Don't believe them. For as the lightning comes from the east and the flashes from the west, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. You're going to know. Now, verse 28, I'm going to hold for another time because I'm still wondering exactly all it means. I don't know everything. How many of you don't know everything? I think we will understand verse 28 in good time. But verse 29, immediately. Now, Jesus is in the same context. He's speaking to his people. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Now that's some startling events in my book. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven in power with great glory. Say great glory. And he will send his angels with great shout of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds. Even if they've been on the run and in hiding, he'll find them. He'll know exactly where to find them from one end of the heaven to the other. And you could read more and more, but we will stop. Some of you are saying, please stop. I've heard enough. No, we're not going to stop. Because we know the end of the story. You've got to get back to ch- chapter 22, verses 1 through 5. But anyway, here's the next thing, verse 11. And this is something that's happening. This is, and we've looked at this scripture before, but you've got to see it again. You can't forget the scripture in this hour. Look at somebody next to you and say, don't forget verse 11. He said, he who is unjust... Let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. In other words, the unjust, the filthy, and the wicked, they're going to become more determined than ever to fulfill their mandate, which is obedience to their father, the devil. You, either, you got one of two fathers. Either your father is God and you will delight to do his will, or your father is of the devil, or is the devil, and you will delight to do his will. It's only two. It's religion that said there were middle grounds. 
No, Jesus said either you're for me or you won't just compromise. You will be against me and against everything I stand for. You will rise up against my anointed, even my people. It's there. It's in plain sight. But the wickedness of the wicked. But what does that mean for us? It just means let the righteous do what? Be righteous. This is where I will not cross the line. I will be righteous. I will seek the kingdom first and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto me. We're going to have to make that choice in this hour. People are facing it right now to this day. And many are going to surrender. People say, is this the mark of the beast? Well, if it's not, get me up, get me out of here, God, because this thing's getting serious. You know what I'm talking about. And maybe it's not the mark of the beast, but it's your leading, preparing a people that will succumb. If you cannot stand now for righteousness, you will not stand for righteousness then. And God in His mercy has given us an opportunity to stand and confess Jesus as Lord. In our testimony, your testimony is more than your word. It is your action. Does that make sense? And God in His love and mercy is preparing us because He loves us. And He wants us to stand and I believe a people will. I read a scripture last week out of Psalm, when the wicked are revealed, is it not so that they can be destroyed? Remember that scripture, though 10,000 may rise, they, none will fall. It's the time to believe God. It's the righteousness that will, the righteous that will inherit the earth. And so we want to be more determined than ever. Be determined. Say, I'm determined. Now you're going to say, well, I can say that, but it's going to be another thing to live that. Well, we're going to get there. Because God is going to give you what it takes to live there. And then the next thing in verse 12, everyone, all eyes will behold His coming. Everyone. Everyone. We saw that. In Matthew 24, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. So there's the judgments of God. And then, you know, there's the, the, the judgment seat of Christ, which are the rewards. We need to go back and look at the judgment seat of Christ. Our motives, how we spend our time, how we spend our money. The, were we good stewards with the gifts that God gave us? All of these things, we're go- how many of you are going to show up at the judgment seat of Christ? You all will stand. All of us will stand at the judgment seat of Christ. But there's a judgment, ultimate judgment. And then the next thing in verse 14, there will be a, a difference between hearing and doing. Blessed are those who do His commandments. Say do. Much of the church in America has been built around hearing His commandments. Show me faith without works, and I'll show you a faith that is dead. You have a name that is alive, but you're dead. So faith, must, there must be works accompanied. Works, we're not gained faith by works, but works accompany our faith. 
And so we will know he's going to come. So in so doing, Jesus said, blessed are those who I find so doing when I come. Doing what? Doing the will of the Father. They're doing the Father's will. And then there's only two groups in verse 14 and 15. Outside will be, you know, the sorcerers. I could go more into that. But I'm telling you, there is a witchcraft that has been loosed over this nation. It is sorcery. And you better be under the blood of Jesus in this hour. You better be firm and standing on the Word of God. Because even if possible, even the elect could be deceived. Sorcerers, sexually immoral, murderers, idolaters, and whoever loves and practices a lie. And we've already looked at that. There are those who love lies, and there are those that are going to be involved in the promotion of that lie. And you're, if you're like me, you're saying, God, why can't you take care of this? And God will take care of it in His time. But there's going to be a time He wants to know who are those that love me. And they love the truth from those that love and practice a lie. He wants to know. It's the hour of decision. I'm, I grew up listening to Billy Graham. You've heard all the stories. The hour of decision. And I love listening to that. I love going and being in those crusades. And I love what God showed me. And I'm still standing on that dream where God gave me the keys in that incredible dream many years ago. I'm still standing there. Even in this hour, yes, I'm still standing. Somebody said, I'm, there's a song, I'm still standing. Well, I'm still standing. And I'm going to stand on the promises of God. And you will too. And then in verse 16, there is the, the testimony, the testify of Jesus. I, Jesus, sent my angel to testify to you these things. In other words, there's going to be a great testimony as to who he is in this hour. How many of you know that? The spirit of prophecy is all about the testimony of Jesus. Do you think the devil is going to have the final great testimony on the earth? It ain't going to happen. The final great testimony is going to be the Lord's testimony that will come through his people. That what God started, he will complete. And who he redeemed, he can use and will display the wonder of his glory. The wonder of the Son of God. The work He did in us is going to be proclaimed. That's the gospel of the kingdom. And it's going to be preached in all the world. To as a witness to all the nations. And then the end shall come. And then there's that warning on not take away from the words of this prophecy. I've heard people use that and say don't take away from the Bible. Well that's probably true. But in this case, it's the words of this prophecy. Just tell it like it is. So we don't want to take away from it. Blessed. We want to be those that read the word. Read the prophecy. You should read the book of Revelation. You'll be blessed for doing it. And then, now it gets good. Here's the good part. Verse 20. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I'm coming quickly. How many of you know there's an urgency about the hour? An urgency right now. I'm coming quickly. But he goes on, and even so, come, Lord Jesus. You have to understand the context of that. Even so, come. Yeah, but I might be in flight. 
They're going to come looking for me. I may have to confess you before men. You should have already confessed him before men. You confess him. Confessing him for the ultimate confession is no big deal. Because look what's coming. Even so come Lord Jesus. But look in verse 21. The grace. Say the grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. That means so be it. That means God's going to give you grace. God's grace is greater than whatever the enemy would bring to pass. Because he knows his time is short. I'm going to talk about that next week. The wrath of Satan. Now that I said that, I have to preach that. Why did I say that? I wanted to preach. Well, God help me. You better help. And he does help. And he helps you. He's the helper. The Holy Spirit is the helper. Now that's where it ends, but it doesn't really end there. Because look down in verse 17. And the Spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts, come. And whoever desires, let him take of the water of life freely. In other words, there's an invitation right now that God is issuing throughout the land. There is a come unto me invitation being issued to this nation. And to the nations of the earth. I just have a small part. I'm issuing the invitation to come unto him in Uganda. Something that God created. I never dreamed. I never looked for anything like that. But God's doing that all over the world. And he's going to use us in the midst of it. And give us opportunities to say, Jesus said, come. This is the hour to come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I'll give you rest. And he said, come and drink of the water of life freely. I could show you the scriptures, but I won't go there. But they may come and take away the water or put a claim on everything. There's the water of life that's going to remain free and be freely offered until Jesus comes again. And you can receive that water free of charge. You don't even have to pay for it. It says that in the Bible. I could show you. They paid for their own water to drink. But I don't want to get ahead of myself. Some of you already know what I'm talking about. So be it. Even so come, Lord Jesus. You read some of this stuff, it's scary. Even so come, Lord Jesus. The only scary part is, is what... It's the wrath of Satan. What God is doing is good. And there's a God that's good and a God that's God. And a God that's going to show himself strong on behalf of his people. And I thank you, God, for your word. I thank you for the revelation. You said, blessed are those who read from this book. And so, God, we give you honor and glory, and we don't take anything from it. We don't add anything to it. We just say, come, Lord Jesus, even so. And I thank you that right now there is the invitation that's being issued all over the earth in every nation of the earth to come unto me, to come and drink of the water of life freely.
This is the hour to come to Jesus. And I thank you for the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And I thank you, God, that you've called us to be a part of a great harvest of souls. And I pray, God, we will be ready and everyone will be in their position for this final hour. God, we thank you for calling us into the kingdom for such a time as this. And I thank you that you are faithful. We are realists here today. And we know that we serve a real God who is really faithful to the end. And he's good. And he's God and he's great. And I thank you for it. If you're here this morning or you're watching online, I want to give you the opportunity to respond. And Alicia, would you... And I want to just give you a chance. We're going to start doing that. You know, last week when our pastor Shannon was here from Utah, I said, we want to adopt that model. Some things are good, so we're we're going to start doing. You guys got to help us. Right after worship from now on, we're going to give the gospel in about five minutes. And I'm just going to believe, hey, if we don't preach the gospel, he won't send the lost to hear the gospel. So if we, and we always give an invitation. We're going to do that now. I'm not going to get away. But we're going to start doing that at the beginning. Then we're going to get in the word for the saints. We, we need to hear the word to the saints and the word to the lost. And right now it's the word to the lost. And I want you to know there's a God that loves you. He knows exactly where you are. Knows where you've been and where you're going. And you don't have to go where you're going eternally. That You can make an about face. Jesus died for the worst of sinners. His blood covers sin, rebellion, inequity, wickedness. And you can turn to him by faith and be saved. There may be someone here this morning. I don't know that I've ever really surrendered to Jesus. I don't know if I died today that I would spend eternity in heaven. What must I do to be saved? You admit that you need God. You confess your sin. You say, I acknowledge, I confess I've sinned. Then you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that He lived, that He died, He shed His blood, and then He rose from the dead. The Bible says if you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. Then there's a word repentance, and it's it's something we can't do without God's help, but God helps us. You have to be willing to turn. You have to, to the best of your ability, say, God, I turn from that sin, and I turn to you. He'll give you the power, the grace, but you must turn from sin and turn to Him. And then you receive by faith. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I know many people are watching. I know they're watching from Uganda because they, they told me they watch because they hear us and they want to watch and see what we look like. <laughs> so that's a good thing. And I just pray right now. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And because um, this is harvest time. I never, I would say I never dreamed I would be living in this hour. But that wouldn't be correct. I did dream that I would be living in this hour. And these people, most of them did too. And I'm telling you, it's our finest hour. It's our finest hour. So just pray this prayer. And if you're here, then I'm going to pray strength, 
to be built up for the church, for the believers. I'm going to pray God will give you muscle when you go out of here today. Because all these mandates and all these things that are coming to my daughter, to our friends, our families, they're coming to all of us. And they're going to intensify into the ultimate question as to who you will serve. And God in His mercy is training us for this hour. He's training our hands for warfare. So I want to lead you in a prayer right now. Just say, Dear God, I need you. I believe in Jesus, that He is the Son of God, that He lived a sinless life. He died on the cross. He shed His blood for me. He rose from the dead. I confess my sin. I ask you to forgive me. I turn from sin and I turn toward you. I call upon you as my Lord. I give my life to you. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Live through me for the rest of my life. I will follow you. And I thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Now you uh, connect with us, email us, contact us. I can see it now, guys. You guys be ready. I need your help. You will help. When people come in, they, they come to Christ. We'll take them downstairs and share briefly with them, record who they are. Their names are being recorded anyway. Do you know, I know you know this, the whole world will worship and follow the beast, except who? Those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. That's it. That's why we got to get people's names written, our family members. I'm telling you, it is much later than we think. I honestly do not know what's going to happen this fall. I know what the enemy would love to happen. I'm not living by that. But I'm a realist. And my God will be real regardless of what the enemy has to say. He will be real in this day. He will be real in that day. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And I thank God that I get the opportunity to preach the gospel of the kingdom. It's the last message that will be preached before the return of Christ. The gospel of the kingdom of God. And you've been called to that message as well. So Lord, I pray for everyone in this room and those that are watching. I pray for spiritual muscle. I pray, God, that your people would be built up, strengthened in their faith, encouraged in the hope. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. We're not a people who have, no, have no hope. Those who, are, who have no hope, they're all of most men most miserable. But, God, we have a living hope. In the resurrection of Jesus... In the living Christ. And we thank you, God. And I pray for everyone to be 
strengthened and there would be a new measure of faith. God, I pray for a new anointing. That God, as we hear more and more and we see more and more the sights and sounds around us, that God, our focus would remain on the Son of God and we would be stronger because of it. And I thank you, God. I pray that for us and our households, they will be saved. Our children will be saved, God. Lord, we pray you'll give our families, our children, Lord, those that we're related to, grace to stand in this hour. And we thank you according to your word, you've done it. And grace will be greater than what we face in this life all the way to the end. So Lord, I'm going to pray this prayer and and I mean it. Remind me I mean it in a few days. But I'm going to proclaim it. I'll proclaim it next week. And our prayer is even so come Lord Jesus. Regardless, come. Holy Spirit, come. Some demon might have interfered with my video that I wanted to show, but he ain't interfering with the Holy Spirit who's coming. It ain't happening. Not on our watch. And God, I pray in the midst of gross darkness, the glory of God would break out. Lord, that's why we're here. That's why people moved here. That's why they've endured That's why we've come today, not just to hear a message. We've come to be a part of a great move of the Holy Spirit. God, we're weak, but you're strong. But I pray that you'll use us now. Use us to display the wonder of the Son of God, the nature of who He is, the testimony of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Lord, if anybody, anybody need healing this morning, say, I'm sick, I'm, I'm battling something. Anybody? Okay, we go to pray right now. Let's just pray. Father, we pray for the healing power of Jesus. We rebuke sickness, disease. God, if we know your name, we put our trust in you. We know your name as Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals thee. We know your name. We stand on your name as the God that heals. So, Lord, we pray right now for healing. And we bind the darkness and the sickness and the infirmity in Jesus' name. By the power of the name of Jesus and the authority of the blood of the Lamb. And I thank you for it, God. I pray that happens all over the nation and the globe. Now, Lord, build everyone up. Let them walk out those doors feeling, man, it was good to be in the house of God today. And I'm glad I went to church. I'm glad I didn't roll over and say, woe is me. I came to the house of God and I said, wow is God. Because we wow in God. We don't woe, we wow.